Let's give God some praise again this morning. As I look around, I don't see any Tupperware dishes, so nobody brought me any barbecue or nothing like that. I see, but I still love you. I still love you. Happy Fourth of July. If uh, Elder Townsend is watching online, happy birthday to him. So praise God for the independence that God has brought us in this country, but still it seems that we have forgotten about our dependence upon God. And there is a way that is higher. There is a higher way to go. And yes, we are free. We have some freedoms in this country, but still we don't want to be so free that we're free from God and we take the low way. The low way is the way that we want to go. The series that we're in today is uh, The Spiritual Life. Today's message is entitled The Higher Way. Last week, I taught you about how to be led by God. I showed you in the Word of God how our own hearts are desperately wicked, and we don't know the right way to go. And every once in a while, there will be some good ideas that come into our mind. But if they're not godly ideas, then they're truly not good ideas. Only God ideas are good ideas. And these these ideas that come to our mind, they can only lead us to destruction because our hearts without God are wicked. And you might say, Pastor, I'm not a bad person. Not, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't steal and kill and do all those things. Listen, if your heart does not belong to God and if God does not live in your heart, then there is no goodness in us. There is no goodness in us absent from God. So I don't care if you're a pastor and a police officer. Oh, oh that's me. <laughs> There's still no goodness in us without God because the Bible says that we look on the outward appearance of men and people seem to have it together and seem to be good. But God judges the heart, right? And if he is there, then the heart is good because he has cleansed it and renewed it. So we're going to talk about the higher way. So last week we were learning about how to be led by God, which was lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. Basically saying, God, I don't know which way to go. Would you show me? Would you give me wisdom in this life? And he says that he will direct our path. So now today I'm going to talk about the higher way. So last week you learned how to be led, not to trust yourself and to trust and acknowledge God. But this week we're going to learn about the higher way. Can you say the higher way? Let's bow our heads. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for these people that you have assembled here today. And the first thing I want you to do is pour out your love on them. You are loved so deeply, every single one of you, no matter what you've done before today. I want you to know that Jesus Christ can wipe away all of your sin, all of your shame, and all of your guilt. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that if we should believe on him, we shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I thank you, God, that you love these people so much that you know the number of hairs on their head. I thank you that you love them so so much that you are patient with them, even when they are sinful. You are patient with them, God, even when they are rebellious. Your love for them has no boundaries. There is nothing that can separate you from their love and you from their love as well. So I pray, God, that as we go into the word today, as we learn about this higher way, that there would be something that would awaken in us that says, I want to walk this higher way and I need the help of the Holy 
Holy Spirit to do it. So, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would give me an anointing to preach this word to your people and give them an anointing as well to hear this word, to understand it, to apply it and receive victory as they obey. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The spiritual life, the higher way. So there is a way that appears right to us all, but each individual path leads to the same destruction. Jesus is the way and has given us his spirit to lead us higher. So each of us have separate ways, but without Jesus, all of these separate ways lead to the same end, which is destruction. We must begin to realize that Jesus is the only way. He is the only way to the Father. He is the only way that leads to life. And he is the way, and he has given us his spirit in which to lead us higher. So we're going to open together today with a prayer that we're going to say together that's found in Psalms chapter 143, verses 8 through 10. So if you could just stand for a moment, you don't need to look at your Bible or anything. You're just going to be repeating after me. But we're going to come into one mindset. We're going to come into one spirit. We're going to understand why God has sent this word to us today so that we can receive, make our hearts ready to receive uh, what God has for us so that we can get this revelation so that we can receive victory. Now, there is a way that leads to life, and that way is Jesus Christ. But if we walk, if we walk our own way or our own path, it only leads to destruction. So here's what we're going to pray today. Repeat after me. Lord, let me hear of your unfailing love each morning. And I forgot that was in there. And the Holy Spirit led me to pray over you. The very first thing was love. Let his love be poured down over us. It says, let me hear of your unfailing love each morning. All right. Begin to repeat after me again. For I am trusting you. Show me where to walk. For I give myself to you. Rescue me. From my enemies, Lord, I run to you to hide me. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on firm footing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now listen, all of us are headed to eternity. That's where we're going. Every day we get closer and closer to eternity, every day. And we don't know where eternity is for us, okay? But we should desire to spend eternity with God. Can I get an amen on that? Our desire should be to spend eternity with God. And there is a way to God, and there is a way away from God. We are born walking away from God because we don't have his spirit within us to lead and guide us. So what we're trying to see is this, that last week we learned that our hearts are desperately wicked. So they're automatically tuned in and dialed in to walk away from God. 
So until we get a new heart, until we become one with Jesus Christ by receiving him as our Lord and Savior, we don't have the directions to God because the directions to God is Jesus. The word of God says that Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. So we must begin to see that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of our wisdom. When I say that we're supposed to fear the Lord, I'm not saying that you're supposed to just be terrified and afraid of him. I'm talking about a a deep respect for God. So listen, you should fear fireworks. You should fear fire. You should fear guns. And you should fear God. Now, these are all very powerful things, and if you use them right, they can be to your advantage. But if you use them wrong, they can take your life. So the fear of God is a reverence to say, God, you are powerful. I respect you, and you, can take, uh, you have the power and the ability to take my life, but to save it as well. Proverbs 9, verses 10 through 12 say this. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Can you say foundation? Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. If you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. If you scorn or refuse wisdom, you will be the one to suffer. So the, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. So that's where our wisdom begins. So my wisdom began decades ago in Columbus, Ohio, when I was uh, getting drunk and doing crazy stuff, and I knew I wasn't living the life I was supposed to be living, and finally I just got tired of it and said, you know what, there must be a better way than this. I'm sick of getting paid on Friday, broke on Monday. I'm sick of just, I'm sick of just living in this sin. There's got to be a better way. And thank God that just like we sent those little kids downstairs to learn about God, I had parents that taught me about God as well. And the word of God came true. If you train them up as a child in the way that should go, when they are old, they will not depart. So I always knew the way, but I did not always respect the way or go the way. So the fear of the Lord that awoken in me was to say, you know what? You can die like this. And you don't want to die being lost. There is a way that's better than the way that you're living right now. So you must begin to fear the Lord. Say this with me, church. Lord, give me a healthy fear of you. Where there is no healthy fear of God, you can live in sin and comfort. When there is no healthy fear of God, you don't even count your days. You think you're just going to live just as long as you desire. You don't know your end. In the word of God, there was a man that prayed and said, Lord, help me to know my end. We have to know this, that our days are numbered. And we can't be walking the way that seems right. Because when life is over, wherever we stand, that's where we are. There is no purgatory. I'll say it again. There is no purgatory. What you do on this earth while in this body, while you have left, while you have life rather, sets the stage and atmosphere for all of your eternity. So if you're walking, see heaven will never be a surprise. Everybody that goes to heaven will never be surprised that they got there. Because if you're walking with the Lord on earth, where are you walking to? To be with him forever. So nobody is surprised when they get to heaven. The surprise comes south of heaven.
Why am I here? I thought I, there's going to be a lot of I in hell. I thought I was living a good life. I thought I was doing the right thing. I was not that bad. God, why are you doing this to me? You see, that's the dependency upon self-righteousness and being good in ourself that must be broken. But the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And the first thing that we must begin to do is fear God even more and begin to realize that God is high and we are lower. We are not the king of kings and we are not the Lord of lords. You must begin to establish a healthy fear of God, which is a wisdom of God, and you must begin to know who you are in comparison to God. I'm trying to tell you this morning that there is a way to God, and that way to God is through Jesus Christ, and we don't know the way. So since there is a way, we must begin to understand who God is and who we are not. Job began to argue with God. Job began to make his case against God as he was going through these things. He had lost his family and lost his health and lost his finances and lost his wealth and all these things. And he's having these conversations with God back and forth. And then in Job chapter 38, God begins to talk to Job. Church, say this with me. Lord, talk to me when I need it most. Job began to hear from God after he had done all this talking, after he had been thinking and going the way that he thought was right and saying the things that he thought was right. Then God began to talk. We're in Job chapter 38, beginning in verse one. And it says this, Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Brace yourself like a man. When God says that, woo. Doesn't it sound like daddy calling into the room and saying, who do you think you are? You see, sometimes as parents, see, we we love our kids and we play games and we're friends and all this kind of stuff. But there comes that moment where they think they're on our level and they say something sideways to us a little bit like, whoa, I'm still mom or I'm still dad. So we got to see God from from this vantage point where we are on earth right now. We're his children and he's got the way to heaven and we desire to walk that higher way. So here he says this, brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you and you must answer them. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. See, that's our problem, church. We think we know so much. And the way that we have, we talked about it last Sunday, the way that we have, the wisdom that we have, rather, came from when we ate, when uh, Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the wisdom of the knowledge and good and evil. So we think we know what's good, but that source of goodness is only coming from that tree, which is not the, the, the wisdom that God desires that we walk in. That wisdom will lead us straight away from God. So there's a better wisdom out there. Let's keep going here. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. 
who determine its dimensions and stretch out the surveying line? What supports its foundation? Who laid its cornerstone? As the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy, who kept the sea inside its boundaries as it burst from the womb? As I clothed it with clouds and wrapped it in thick darkness, for I locked it behind barred gates, limiting its shores. I said, this far and no further will you come. Here your proud waves must stop. Have you ever commanded the morning to appear and caused the dawn to rise in the east? Have you made daylight spread to the ends of the earth to bring an end to the night's wickedness? As the light approaches, the earth takes shape like clay pressed beneath a seal. It is robed in brilliant colors. The light disturbs the wicked and stops the arm that is raised in violence. Have you explored the springs from which the seas come? Have you explored their depths? Do you know where the gates of death are located? Have you seen the gates of utter gloom? Do you realize the extent of the earth? Tell me about it if you know. Where does light come from? And where does darkness go? Can you take each to its home? Do you know how to get there? And that's really the basis of our sermon this morning is, do you know how to get there? There is a higher way, and we must begin to reject our own knowledge and our own wisdom because there is a higher way that leads to God. But of course, you know all of this, for you were born before it was all created, and so you are very experienced. That is what we call a mic drop. That is what we call a clapback. When God says, who do you think you are? I am the one that created you. I even created the world that you live on. And so Job got this rebuke. And just like Job said, I think we need to begin to say this. Job in chapter 40, verses 1 through 5, uh, say this. Then the Lord said to Job, do you still want to argue with the Almighty? Listen, church, sometimes God brings trouble to our lives. Oh, man, this is good. Just to show us that we are wrong. Do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes the trouble comes along our path because it's the wrong way. And God loves you so much that he'll put trouble in the path because you're going the wrong way. So then the Lord said to Job, do you still want to argue with the almighty? You are God's critic, but do you have the answers? Then Job replied to the Lord. And here should be our reply to the Lord. I am nothing. Just that realization that we didn't create anything, that we didn't even know when we were being born. We didn't pick when we would be born or the city we would be born. We don't know when we will die. We don't know where we're going without God. So we've got the first thing that we must begin to do to be led by God is make him God. To say, okay, you are God, I am not, I am nothing. Do I have some humble people in here that are willing to cut their pride off of them and repeat after me and say, I am nothing? nothing. We're breathing his air. We're walking on his earth. 
At any moment, these eyes can close and breath can leave this body and I am nothing. I am only alive because God is willing it right now. You've got to know that without God, you are nothing. But with God, you are everything. If God is for you, nothing can be against you. No power of hell, no demon, the demonic or dark force can ever come against you because you are one with God. Let's continue. I, here's what he said. I am nothing. How could I ever find the answers? Because God said, you're going to listen to me and you're going to answer all these questions. And he said, whoa, I am nothing. How could I ever find the answers? And this is what he said. I will cover my mouth with my hand. I have said too much already. I have nothing more to say. That, brothers and sisters, is wisdom. That is the fear of the Lord right there. To say, I am nothing. I have already said too much. I'm just going to be quiet and I'm going to let you lead. That's the beauty of what this text is saying to us right now. The Lord wants me to teach you how to be led by the Holy Spirit because we're coming to some very dark days. And if you're not careful, you'll be led by your own spirit. And the, the, the spirit of a man desires to save himself. No matter what it costs, you'll save yourself. And Jesus told us this. If you are if you try to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose it for my sake, you will find it. He loves us and he knows the way. Say this with me. He loves us and he knows the way. He loves us and he knows the way. He loves us and he knows the way. Not only does he know the way, he is the way. He is the way. Genesis 3.19 lets us know, again, that God is high and we are low. Say this with me. Pastor Tibbs, how low are we? Oh, man, I'm so glad you guys asked that question. So glad you asked the question. Genesis 3.19, I'll tell you how low we are. By the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust and to dust you will return. So I don't care how, how fancy the clothes you wear. I don't care the car you drive. I don't care the hill you live on. We come from the dust and back to the dust we will go. Did you know that we walk on the same substance that we are made out of? So we like to make fun of West Virginia and Kentucky and all these places, Mississippi and all these places that have dirt roads. And we say, look, they don't even have gravel or nothing. But that same dirt you're making fun of, you're made out of. We were made from the dust of the ground. That's how low we are. The only reason we live is because God blew his spirit into our nostrils and man became a living soul. So the only thing good about you is God. And the only reason that you're alive is God. And the only reason that you are any different from a, a plant with a, a pot of dirt with a plant in it is that God breathed in you. Do you hear what I'm saying? So none of us can say that we're better than anybody. 
I've seen red dirt. I've seen brown dirt. I've seen white dirt. See, just as many colors of dirt as there are in the world, there's that many colors of people as well. And we're all made of dust. So there really should be no prejudice, really should be no racism, because what are we made out of? Dust. The only thing that gives us value is God. All right. Apart from God, since we're made out of dust, apart from God, our ways are dirty. And they will lead us back into the ground. Okay. But Revelation 21, 21 tells us this about heaven or the kingdom of God, the new Jerusalem. The 12 gates were made of pearls and each gate from a single pearl. And the main street was pure gold as clear as glass. So there is a place that's coming where even the ground is made of gold. You see, on earth, the people are made of dust. And the ground is made of dust as well. But in heaven, there is a street. The main street, it says, is paved with gold and it is clear as glass. So I'm wondering if God ever made a new people. I'm wondering if God ever made a new people who had a value that was greater than dust. Was there possibly a a time where God did something in this world where he said, you know what? I'm going to make you a new creation. I'm not going to make you, uh, you're not going to be... made this because that a man and a woman uh, came together. I'm going to make you out of my own spirit. All right. Listen to Job chapter 23 verses 10 through 12. Okay. We walk on dirt. We're made out of dirt. But in heaven, there is a street that is paved with gold. Listen to this. But he knows where I am going. And when he tests me, I will come out pure as gold. For I have stayed on God's paths. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than daily food. Isn't that wonderful? That right now, we're dust walking on dust. But eventually, we're going to go to be with God where there's a street there that is made out of gold. And the only people that will get to walk there are those that have went through the fire, those that have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and those that have been tested and those that have been tried, and they came forth as pure gold. One day, I'm going to walk where my dad is walking right now. One day, I'm going to walk where Jesus is walking right now. But we must endure the testing. We're going to be tested. Every day we're going to be tested to determine which way will we go. Will you go your own way or you be led by the Holy Spirit to go the higher way? John 15 and 5 lets us know about a fruitless way, a way to go in which we will not please God, a way to go in which we will not walk the streets of gold. John 15 and 5 says this, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. So before we can recognize there's a higher way, we must have an encounter with God while going the wrong way. Before we can recognize that there is a higher way, we must have an encounter with God that shows us that we're going the wrong way. Something had to have happened in our life till we say, you know what? 
I have, I have had this encounter to let me know I'm going the right way. God, I thank you for slamming this door in my face. So God, I thank you for allowing me to fall on my face. God, I thank you for giving me an encounter that made me respect who you are and look towards heaven. We all need that encounter when we're going the wrong way to, to be shifted to turn to go the right way. And my prayer for all of you today or this morning is this. Some of you are just going a way that seems right, but you're not going the right way. There's only one right way, and that right way is the way of Jesus Christ himself. You must become his servant. You must be born again. You must be full of his spirit. You must obey his commandments, and that is the right way, and he does not leave you alone. It is a very fruitful way. But still, there are those of us or there are some in this world that are walking the wrong way, and unless you have an encounter with God, you will not see that there is a better way. Let's go to Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. So here's Saul going his own way and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he would... That so that if he found any who were of the way, which is the right way, which is the way to follow Jesus Christ, and that's what they were called at that time, Christians, disciples of Jesus, going the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, can you say as he journeyed? See, listen, we are all journeying through life right now. And God loves us so much that he will give us some encounters that are out of this world so that we can see that he is the true God and we've been going the wrong way. Let's continue. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground. What are we made out of? dust. So he was riding an animal. It doesn't say whether it was a Tyrannosaurus Rex or a donkey or a giraffe. It doesn't say what kind, but we just know that he fell off this animal and fell to the ground. And then he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Some translations say the pricks. And what these are, were these, were these were these instruments that were put on the beasts of the fields, okay? And if they were being stubborn, it had a sharp point pointed towards the back legs of the animal. And I believe that the farmer could push down on them if the animal was being stubborn. And it would cause that sharp thing to go into the animal's leg and then they would keep moving okay so what what the lord was saying to paul is look it's hard for you to kick against that because the animals would get so mad sometimes from the farmer doing that to them that they begin to kick against it but were they hurting the farmer nope just hurting themselves so as we journey through this life, there are things that there are wrong ways that we go. And God is saying, listen, you've been going the wrong way and it's been hurting you. Why do you keep kicking against the prick? I'm trying to lead you into the right direction. OK, verse six. So he, Paul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? 
And that is the correct response when we have an encounter with the almighty God. What do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. A higher way, a different way. Verse seven. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. So listen, when we stop that life of sin, or when we, because you don't have to be living a lifestyle of sin to sin, we can still be saved and still going a wrong direction, okay? But when God tells us the right direction to go, we won't know which way to go, so we will need someone to lead us by the hand, just as Saul, once he had that encounter with God to let him know that he was going the wrong way, he still needed someone to guide him by the hand. And that someone, church, that we have is the Holy Spirit. I would be deathly afraid if you're walking through this life, but you're not hand in hand with the Holy Spirit, because the, the Holy Spirit is the one that leads us and guides us into all truth. Verse 10. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So we see that the Lord desires to lead us. Sometimes the Lord will speak to us in a dream, sometimes in a vision. Sometimes he'll send one of his servants to speak to us. But he desires to communicate with us. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go. You see, there's always God's way. There's the way that we go, and then there's God. straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. So this is strategy. So we talk about revelation, empowerment, and strategy. God has given him a strategy telling him exactly what to do. And in the vision, he's seen a name. I'm sorry. Then he answered, I have heard, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So here Paul was going the wrong way, had an encounter with God, was knocked to the ground, got up from the ground, was blind, was then led into Damascus where he waited for a man who he did not know. But God, in his sovereignty, spoke to another man, told him to go to this man and pray for him. And at that moment, his eyes received sight again, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our guide. He's our way to go. Now, you notice this. It didn't just say that Paul got his sight back 
It said that Paul got his sight back and was filled with the Holy Spirit. So just because you have sight doesn't mean you know the way to go. You need the infilling of the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us into all truth. This morning, all right, and I'm just about done for that. uh, Sometimes people get excited by that and they wake up. So I say that every once in a while. Just about done. Okay, so listen, this morning as I was leaving home, getting ready to come to the church, uh, to pray and get the word uh, ready for you guys, to feed you guys what God has to say. My son, Dominic, sat up in the bed um, and he said, Daddy, lay down. Because he was sleeping with us. And he wanted me to keep laying with him, okay? There's a comfort that a parent bring, that, that brings to a child when they're there. Uh, young children don't like to feel alone, okay? So he woke up as I was getting up and said, Daddy, lay down. And I said, listen, I've got to go to work, but mommy's right next to you. And they looked over and saw mommy, and he laid right back down and went to sleep, okay? He just did not want to be alone. And God's promise to us, brothers and sisters, is that we are not alone. Let's go to John chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. So I was telling my son, Dominic this morning that it was necessary that I go away. I've got to leave, but look to your right. Mommy's still here with you. She's going to take care of you. She's your protector. She's your nurturer. If anything happens, there's nothing that you have to be afraid of. Mommy is still here. But as for me, I've got to go away. Verse 5, John 16. But now I am going away. To the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come, who is the Holy Spirit. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the father is mine. This is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Last week, I told you all that everyone is spiritual, but not everyone is under the influence of the right spirit. So how do you know if you're being influenced by God or by Satan? And here's what the Holy Spirit gave me this morning. If it glorifies God, it's God. If it satisfies your sinful flesh, it's the devil. So any thought that you have where you say, I'm feeling persuaded to do something right now. You got to put it on the scale. Put that thought on the scale and say, okay, if this thing glorifies God, then it's from God and I'm going to do it. 
But if this satisfies my flesh or satisfies my sinful nature, then it's from Satan because he is the father of all lies. So it's glorify versus satisfy. We know that we're the sons of God by Romans 8, 14, 15. For all who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. So when we are full of his spirit, we are led by him and we are his children. However, there are sons of disobedience in this world as well. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 tells us that. That there are those who are, when we were in our sins, we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. There is a higher way. There is a higher way. Let's stand to our feet this morning. There is a higher way. Every day, you're going to be tempted, just like Jesus was tempted, to take the lower way, the way that seems right, the way that will please you. Satan came to Jesus after he had fasted for 40 days and presented another way to him. He said, hey, if you're the son of God, why don't you make this stone into bread? So he presented a way. That's what temptation does. It presents a different way from which the way of God is. Remember I told you this, that if it glorifies God, it's God's way. But if it satisfies your flesh, it's Satan's way. And this was proof. He said, why don't you turn this rock into bread and eat it? Because he knew he was hungry. And Jesus, looking at the rock, knowing that he could turn it to bread, says, you know what? That sounds delicious. Some hot baked buttery bread Mm. after 40 days we eat four hours ago and still can't wait for Texas Roadhouse to bring us the bread this was 40 days and Jesus the son of God full of the Holy Spirit being led by the righteous one looked at the bread looked to the father says, okay, this would please me, but this would please the Father. And then he spoke the word. He says, you know what? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Many other temptations came. And Jesus each time would say, Mm-mm, I'm not going that way, for it was written. It was written. It was written. There is a higher way. Last week, I told you not to trust yourself. Lean not to your own understanding because you are made from dirt and you're going to walk a dirty path. But today I'm telling you that there is a higher way. And there is a highway to heaven. And that highway to heaven is Jesus Christ. And just so that we could locate him again, he said it was necessary that he go away. You see, my son wanted to see me this morning and desired that I stay in bed and lay with him. And I told him, just stay with your mother. She's there. She will take care of you. But that did not take away his longing to see his father. And do you know what happened? Today, his mother brought him to where I am. That's the same job of the Holy Spirit. He sent his spirit back to us. So that we could follow and be entrusted in the care of the Holy Spirit. 
so that he could take us back to where he is. That's why he said, it's necessary that I go away. Not only did he say it's necessary, he said, it's good. It's better for you if I go away. Amen? I want to read Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 9 to you. And I want you to receive these words as we close out this sermon about there being a higher way. You are made from the dust of this earth and all that you know, even your brain is made out of dust. So all you know is dust. All you know in and of yourself is this this earthly road, this earthly path, and it's dirty. And it makes us dirty just by walking on it. Just by being on earth, it makes us dirty because this is a wicked place. But there is a higher way. A way that leads to eternal life. And listen, the beauty of this way is that you don't have to die to begin to enjoy the fruit of it. You don't, have to, you don't have to die to receive the joy of the Lord. You can have it right now. Isaiah 55 verses 6 through 9 tell us this. Please do this, church. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus. You love them so much. Would you please let these words sink into their soul and create a fear of you, God, that says, I don't want to miss the best thing that has ever happened to me. I want to go the higher way. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that if there's anybody in this church building right now or watching online that is walking a dirty path that leads to destruction, God, that just as Saul had an encounter and a great light shone from heaven and knocked him from his beast and he fell to the ground, I pray, God, that the wisdom, the wisdom that Jesus Christ is Lord would shine into the lives of those who are walking a dirty path and say, I don't want to find out where this road leads anymore. I've got cuts and bruises and I'm in so much pain and I don't know who I am. I don't know where I'm going. But God, if you will save me now, I'll go with you. I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. And I believe that your love is for me and not against me. I believe that you don't desire to judge me, but to love me. Lord, will you rescue me from wrong things? Will you rescue me from the wrong path? Will you teach me to obey your statutes and your commands because there is life in them? They are not rules. They're simply ways. Higher ways. So God, if there's somebody that doesn't know you or has left that path of righteousness, God, would you lovingly lead them through these words back to the path of righteousness? As for your saints, Lord, we are called to live a higher way. We are called to obey the word of God. 
So we will be tempted, we will be tempted, God, to do something that feels right to us but isn't right. So, Lord, whatever your word says to do, that's the highway. That's the way. That's how we walk in light. Lord, you know about the issues that happen in every church. You know about the drama that happens in every church. And Satan, I come against you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And we tear down every seed of discord that you have placed in this church and every other church. I pray for unity right now in the name of Jesus Christ. For there is a way. There is a way to reconcile differences. There is a way to deal with conflict. And God, it is in your word. So may we reject our emotions. Emotions. May we reject our feelings and just be obedient to your word because there is a way. Would you humble us, God, so that we might walk in that way? And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.